with another episode of Crudcast and um, I just found out today that most podcasts end after episode 12 so you guys know we're here for a while because this is episode 16 right? right? This is the 16th episode. Y- y- wait what? Oh yes this is the 16th episode. Episode 15. And we have a special okay. guest with us. Yes, I've waited for a while to have on the show. Yes, Papa. So, I'd like to introduce Papa Labode um, of Pro well, Store. Oh yeah. Thanks a lot. But it, the first thing is, um, it's funny the way everybody's laughing when you said special guest. I don't know if you guys are you really mean it that way. This is. For you on the episode, like we called you out to the show before you even knew. You're like, hey, please, as you're listening to this, just know we want you on here. <laughs> yes, and it was yes. one episode, it's like three or so episodes mm-hmm. in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I think it's... what was all meant to say was finally the most um, anticipated guest on the show. Well, yeah, there was one. <laughs> There's one guy um, on a certain forum. Yeah, it's Nero. I, I, hope, I, I hope he's listening. <laughs> Hopefully. Wait, Papa is not here. We have this guest who just um, raised a bunch of money and he's a high profile guest, but like, he's not no, Papa Labade. He's not Papa Labade. <laughs> no. <laughs> so clearly, clearly, highly anticipated, and we really mean special guests. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. And I hope I don't disappoint it while anyone listening on hopefully Neural finds time to listen as well. But yeah, it's great yeah, to be here. Great. And hopefully we can do some great things at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you showing up is, has already settled the expectations. Um, <laughs> anything else is just on the cake. Okay. Um, let's start with some at least a bit of interesting icing. Could you tell us a bit about yourself, what you're doing, and um, that good stuff? Okay, um, so everyone called me Papa, um, just like you said, Uzo, but my full name is Ade Bolabo. So just some little sorry, backstory. Sorry, sorry, say it again. Ade Bolabo, Olabo Day. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, but, but um, some backstory. So my dad actually... Um, it's the one that called me Papa, and he's called me Papa all my life. You know, um, it's not like I'm that old anyway. Um, obviously, but, you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they didn't stop with me, and everywhere. So I went to command um, in Paja, went to Unilag, and Unilag is, I think, where it really, really stopped. So anyone that knows it, um, 2000, I don't know what year you guys finished, but this is 2003 set. Accounting, there's this massive group of boys accounting. We are about 14, maybe like four girls, but we are all working together. We did everything together. But So if you know anyone that passed out 2003, 2004 set, you know, and said, Papa, they were like, yeah, yeah, you know. So, 
And in terms of my backstory, left in you know, I came to the UK. I've been here since 2004, 2005. And I've worked, so I finished accounting in LAG, came to the UK, did the ACC, became a qualified accountant, and I worked in a couple of banks. And then I decided, you know, because the same stuff, right? I came and knew all these boys that used to work, that used to do a fellow accountants. And we said, let's set up an accounting firm. And we set up this accounting firm, which is still in existence up to today, is AG Capital. Yeah. And AG Capital, one of my, you know, this, so it's like acronym, G was my name, Bolabo, so I, instead of the A, you know, just for it to flow. And one of my main guys, Humphrey, is actually in radar, so is the H. So we set up AG Capital with a bunch of accountants. Those of my are good friends as well, Mofay and all those sort of guys. We now started servicing small customers. That's what AG Capital does, you know, accounting services for small customers. Then over the years, we now realized that we there's this thing that was unique about those small customers is that no one cares about them. You know, they didn't have the right tools and all that sort of thing. This is what brought the birth of Prognostor. He said, let's build a software, because we used to sell software as well. We still do sell software in AG Capital. We are, um, I think we are the largest partner that is zero. I don't know if you guys have heard of zero. That zero has got in Nigeria. We've got, we have zero partners in the UK as well. XERO. XERO, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, so we now built Prognostor, and, you know, and that's like the genesis, and that's the backstory. Prognostor itself is only a couple of months old. We've done a soft launch um, in January, and we're just, you know, trying to make sure we kick out all the bugs and do all the little things before we start making any sort of noise. Not that we are noisemakers, but yeah. So, yeah, that's my backstory there. Sorry, I'm I'm a bit more interested in a bit of that backstory. So you guys are a bunch of accountants, and in servicing small businesses, you notice some gaps in their operations, and you initially started selling software to them, and um, eventually built your own software to sell to them. Is, yes, did that's, I get that? that's yeah, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. So, um, just to expand on that, what you describe is exactly the way it is. So, we've had this firm, and we have clients, and all of them are small business owners, and it's just like aggregation of all their pain points, all their kind of complaints, all. You might as well call it disappointment. So part of what we do as well, you know, you come into a small firm, you'll be like, yeah, let's do your books. We are accountants. Then, they, you know, from there, they'll be like, well, can you get me a tool that can, you know, help me in my store or I'm a dentist. Give me something that can help to record, uh, or, you know, that, that. So you start getting all those sort of, um, and the way accountants work, if you are in some way good or whatever it is you want to call it, you almost be like a small business owner's therapist. You know, they would call you for almost everything. It could be a, they could want to 
hire someone or they could want to go to the bank to borrow money and they need so they need your advice and they need all that so part of it was that frustration that okay how do i know what i sold how do i know that i'm making a profit then if they then they'll start thinking about stuff like well why am i running out of my stock you know wow you know what what exactly is my inventory what should i be looking at but the good thing about that bit is that we have the knowledge. The bad thing, obviously, which is maybe different from if, you know, like I always say to everyone, I'm not technical. I, I can't even write a low world, right? I can't do anything. <laughs> but the, 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 the good thing is that, yes, we have that knowledge. We now needed to, right, let's find a good bunch of people that we can work with. But the advantage that maybe you might say advantage that I think we've got as well is that we've got this life cycle of friends. And I, for one, I've done so many stuff, but I've never done anything alone, you know. Uh, so, I prognosed up. We are not, we're still a small team, but we are probably about nine people, that sort of thing. So, we said, you know what, let's find people that we can work with, you know, real clever people. And that's where um, a whole bunch of people came into play. And it, for us, it worked well because we had a core team. We're not, um, we not second-guessing ourselves. We're not in terms of how do we do something, how do we work together, do I know if this guy will do something if I need him to do, how do we arrange money, how do we, you know, so all that is taken off the table, you know, and literally like masters of our own universe, so, you know, we don't need to answer to anyone, we just need to be clear that we can provide value to the same sort of people that we've been providing value to. So, for instance, now we've migrated some of our previous clients on Prognos Store. And those guys, you know, they're giving us feedback, telling us where our products to be found is crap, right? Because they had an, um, they had a product that they were using before. And even though they're not paying and all that sort of thing at this point. So, but we're taking all that feedback and just trying to make sure we get it right. And that's, that's you know, that's the, that's the, I guess, the advantage of, uh, sort of background, so to say. So I had a question also about the comment that you made. Um, you said something about the reason why you're focusing on SMEs right now is because people don't really care about them. And I don't know, I have, I don't know, I guess, do people really not care about them? Uh, the way it is, is I don't th- so when I say people don't care about them, the reality about it is it's hard to sell to a small business owner. There's not enough money, right? So if you're selling stuff, right, and you, the same tools that you can target to, say, an enterprise or a mid-level firm, if you target into a small business owner, then chances are that you might feel, well, it's even worth the struggle. So, and it's, if you if we now try and look how this works in reality, say someone has a store in Victoria Island, right? And this lady that has the store in Victoria Island, you know, she's well traveled. She goes to Dubai. She's literate. You know, she can check her um, check her Facebook on a iPad and all that sort of thing. Meanwhile, this same person, a store that she's got in Victoria Island, she if you ask her what did you sell today? You know, she's going to look around the store and count, um, you know, in terms of what did she sell, that sort of thing. The point I'm making is there's not enough focus on that um, sector of small, of business, just because 
there's the uh, potential that phone for a software provider to think it's not worth the reward. Like, how much are these people going to pay me? I might as well build a tool that is good enough, and I'll target it to you know a a a a, a bigger firm type of thing. So yeah. Yeah, I guess like the reason why I mentioned that um, was because I just did actually see a bunch of services or products popping up targeted specifically for small businesses or startups. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you have, do you want your accounting or bookkeeping handled for you? We're here for SMEs. Do you want your inventory managed? Mm-hmm. We're here for the SMEs. Do you want people to write mm-hmm. your content for you? We're here for the SMEs. And mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, how does a small business decide which of these outsourced or yeah outsourced services they should incorporate and which ones they should just do by themselves? That, because really, that, they have limited resources, which is why they they're not that attractive for so many people. I guess. Absolutely correct, and that's kind of one of the ways where we um, the way we are trying to not trying we are hoping to um, present prognosis. So we are presenting as a three in one solution, saying. This would run um, your point. It's, it's got a point of sale. Basically, you can sell with it. So, someone comes into the store that I just described and say, I want to buy the handbag. Then, you know, they go to the till. So, it's it's a cloud based solution. Like the way they will go to a Gmail account, they will just go directly to it and put in the details of the product so they can take that and they can make that sale. More importantly, which links back to what you said, he also does inventory. So now, rather than the small business owner thinking, I need to do a point of, I need to get a point of sale, I need to get a robust inventory solution. This has got the two, and the third part is that it does reporting. So, which is what we call in the analytics. Um, so, for instance, who sold what? You know, I, I've got three um, sales attendants. I want to know what daily sold on Thursday compared to what David sold last Thursday. That sort of thing. I can. You know, pull out reports to do that. I will, yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Tony? No, no, no. I was just making the right sounds to say yes. We're listening. <laughs> and yeah. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that the right sound. But to finish up that bit, the advantage is we realized that you know, and again, because we work closely with small business owners, they don't have that sort of latitude to say, well, I'm going to buy this bunch of tools. Not only can they afford it, they don't even have the time, right? So we are trying to take away some of that pain and say, right, this is one tool that you can run your store. The only thing that would say which we are finding challenging is, um, and it's a bit of a blessing and I don't want to say curse. If you look at our clients in the UK, they are mandated to make accounting returns so they yearly they need to do annual returns they also need to submit their books unlike nigeria a small business owner in nigeria doesn't need to it's not my you know people will not feel any need to do accounts annual accounts right so we are saying actually what prognostor does for you is it helps you manage your stock because we know that this is all you're interested in you know, so there's that. It so some of the things that you're talking about that a small business owner there's all these tools, and a small business owners might, might be thinking I need to do all this thing. In Nigeria, it's not actually true. Like they don't they don't care. Not just that they don't care. The environment 
um, doesn't also force them or make them. So, oh, if something is not caught to the small business owner, they will probably not even be interested. Um, this reminds me of um, a post I read a while ago um, by a guy named Patrick McKenzie, and he writes about small businesses. Um, he, I, um, he's an American that moved to Japan to do business and he talked about making an inv- an invoicing system or yes I, I think it was an invoicing si- or tax software I can't, something along mm-hmm. those lines and he was trying to sell it but you know like the existing solution in the market sucked right and um, he would try and market this thing and people would see it and be like oh yes it's nice but they would never really adopt it and eventually, the the break he got was by circumventing reaching people directly and going to the accountants and the tax, the people who do mm. books for those companies, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. mm-hmm. he, the the analogy he laid down, I I was pretty interesting to me. He says like. If you, if you reach someone who is in the position of authority, like, for example, if you're trying to sell to a patient, you actually market to the doctor, and then the doctor would yeah. tell the patient to buy this thing, and they would buy it because mm-hmm. they trust the doctor. Same thing, the businesses yeah. trust their accountants, and yeah. so by marketing directly to the accountants, the accountants would, and he gave them rebates like maybe like um you get like yeah. x amount when you sign up a new client for us and their clients it is interesting what you were okay, you're describing is you know what you're describing is so true and it's it's also well i won't say common in like our industry and it's not just common we also have something similar it's, it's almost the same way maybe a Conga will have like an affiliate scheme, but our own is not called affiliate scheme. It's like a partnership. So we do, we have a lot of intention to go via the partnership route because again, like you said, mm-hmm. it's easier to sell through someone they already trust and know rather than you going directly to them. So right now on our website, we have a few, you know, to be honest, very few, maybe like three or four, accounting firms that we signed up but it's that sort of early days but totally i do agree that's like an easy way and you need to one of the guys doing something really massive around that sort of um, angle right now i don't know about this patrick mckenzie that he spoke about is zero that the xero does they're massive like one of the um um, it's actually a new, originally a New Zealand firm, but they've gone crazy in the States and in, they're very big in the UK. Yeah, they're in the States and Australia. Um, and they're being backed by people like Peter Till, uh, Villa Ventures and all that. So they're a unicorn now, like $2 billion. They're doing lots of massive stuff. And one of the key ways they've done that is by what exactly you just described, of, you know, working through accountants to sell it to um to their clients, clients businesses. exactly you know and we've done that as well on their behalf right we've sold zero to quite a number of businesses even in nigeria and obviously right here as well right and your initial strategy is exactly that like maybe you didn't have a direct partnership but you had 
a relationship of trust with businesses, which allowed you to initially even start selling them software, even though you're not software people or any of those things. They had you had an existing relationship, exactly. and you were able to recommend solutions. And now you are you now have that position of trust, but you're also making your own software, which you can recommend and sell to them, which um, which is a really interesting idea. I, I, I like it. Nice one. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Um, so, like, when you, when you think of who your ideal customer is, I know that by virtue of you being a cloud-based solution, you can reach out to anybody in the world. Um, yeah. But then, do you look at Nigeria or Africa as part of your market or your target market for pushing out the solution? We 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 are really um you're right, you know, it's a cloud based anyone, but the way we are looking at this stuff is in simplistic term, Nigeria is going to be our first market. And we've built a product, man, we built it it's crazy, we've been building for a long while, maybe almost not almost more than two years, and you know, I've got a whole bunch of people that we've worked so hard um, and we've built it. So right now we can, we've seven clients in the UK and a few clients um, elsewhere, but the reality is Nigeria is like our focus. But the way we're also trying to do this is, you know, just like anything, we're not trying to do more than we can do. You know, we, we've rolled out to a few clients we're getting loads of feedback from them in terms of, oh, um, why are we not able to do this? And some of the stuff, right, there are things, you know, that we just think we should have known this. So we've got this bunch of stuff that we need to fix and correct. So I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is Nigeria is our focus before we go elsewhere because we just know that, you know, like anything, if your product is not great, it's not like you're saying, well, it's available anywhere in the world type of thing. It's just that same. It has to be great for even a few people. The only thing I would say very interesting is, like, is Nigeria, for instance, the customers, they require high touch. <laughs> you know, and a very classic example is our homeboarding. Our homeboarding spent loads of time. Like, for instance, I do a lot of wireframes and all that. I, I Every single thing I would design, I would just write it out. I'll first draw it out, put it, you know, something simple that anyone can understand. And I love a lot of all the sort of um, things that comes to the UX type of thing, right? So I spend a lot of time doing this stuff. But now sometimes when we have customers in Nigeria, we find out that the feedback they're giving us is, oh, this thing is too had at a point. And this point I'm talking about, it's not even rocket science, like uploading products. So now we're having a challenge of, should we make our onboarding so simple and remove the critical part of getting products into a point of sale system? Okay. Meanwhile, we've got clients in other parts of the world. And if you make this so simple that you remove that important element of putting a product you know, and when you say put a product, if you're selling, for instance, if you put that you have 100 items of, let's just put, say, Louis Vuitton bags. If you don't put that you have 100, how will the system know that you've sold out? And I think that's so, why I was asking that question, really, because um, 
I was just wondering, if, in as much as we, four of us right now, and maybe the people we know also are very tech savvy, and we can just click and yes. understand what cloud yes. accounting or cloud storage means and etc. If yes. your if your first target is the uh, is the high touch market like Nigeria, how yes. how prepared are they for the solution that you have? Like how advanced are their technical skills? Because I keep on thinking about the stores I go to in Lagos mm. and the salespeople there. They they barely know how to use their phones, like <laughs> smartphones, if it's not for certain basic things. So how do they understand what to us is a simple method, but for them is like a complex computing thing, like when yeah. pen and paper will work, why are you telling me to go elsewhere? So basically I guess what I'm trying to figure out is how technology ad- technologically advanced is your current yeah. primary um, focus market and also like how is the state of internet for them for the for a cloud based solution? Those things so, just keep on playing in my head. Um, yeah. Really good series of questions. And I think this kind of questions they can almost go to almost any sort of um, um, startup that uses that is you know trying to bring something relatively new. But the fact is, so three f- things that are in our favor. The first thing is actually we know we have customers. We know there are customers out there. You know, it's not like we think there are customers. We have customers, so we migrated them, and we keep on getting people coming through um, through the door, right? So that's one. Okay. Second thing as well is we also, you know, there are quite a number of um, point-of-sales startups in Nigeria, and, you know, I'm not that sort of person to say, yeah, I won't mention them or whatever. No, they're there, right? Um, personally, looks like anyone I've looked at their products, Sometimes I just think, well, you know, not trying to criticize anyone, but I just think there's a wild gap of understanding. But now, which is to go into your question in terms of what sort of customers, the reality about it is like for anything, you're going to start with people that understand your product, first of all. You know, it's just normal. And we, I don't think that initially like my mom my mom she's got a, a stop right she's had, always had this shop all her life um my mom is not my ideal sort of customer because she probably think well if i say oh you spoke no store she think well first i need to get internet in this shop that i've had since when you were born and i've not had internet yeah. now you know all those sort of things and then i have to pay you you know so it's not it's a no-no right but then there are all that customers how they like i described they, if you think about it, let's put it very simplistically. If if a lady has a store or a man has a shop and is able to check Facebook to look at pictures or to browse in some websites or you know go to Linda Keji or Bella Ninja to read some gossip, and the store that gives it the money to be in that position, why would it not want to manage it better? You know, yeah. so. Of course, the, like any business, you know, there's all that sort of, I've been doing it this way, why should I do it any different? You know, this store, I know everything in my head. But that guy that says I know everything in his, in his head, the only reason he says so is because he doesn't know any better, right? <laughs> so you get to be in that position. You, it's part of what you have to do, right? And this, this is one of the things I've been, well, we've been doing, I've been doing a lot as well, just educating and speaking to loads of small business owners because ultimately you know that what you described totally is 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 present people are going to it's yeah. not and it's natural as well why should i change 
you know, you're going to tell a woman that's used her store to send her child to Harvard and say, oh, yeah, change and buy some too. She'd be like, no, I don't. I know exactly. I know how much I make and everything. But you, so pay, she, she's able, she, have, she can afford to pay for your tool, but you need to demonstrate that value to her. Wait, did you go to Harvard? No, I'm saying no. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was your mother you were talking about. I was just wanted to confirm. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> As you wanted to ask something before I cut you short the other time. Oh uh, no, not really. But um I have a question now anyway. Um how how has the adoption been um for the product for Prognostor in Nigeria? Um maybe relative to your expectations and all. When you started out, it depends on. Okay, let me put it this way. I think a cliche answer would have been, "Wow, it's been great." Um, but <laughs> yeah, which is why I said I relative to your expectations. <laughs> yeah. I won't go down that road. Okay, so the reality about it is, it's been encouraging, and I think why I say it's been encouraging is because we we took this approach of let's do a soft launch, you know, try and get people to gradually come into the system yeah. and see what they do, how they use it. So we've been impressed because it's been sticky to a lot of people, right? The people have been logging in each day, selling, and we've been seeing that sort of, wow, you know, this is actually useful. Yeah. And and our system, and Prognostor as a system is, is one of what you call like mission critical, right? Uh-huh. Meaning... If you uh, if you want to log into let's just say Facebook as massive as Facebook is, if Facebook crashes, what are you gonna do? You're gonna be like, well, I'm going to check those pictures later. But if you're using a point of sale system and someone is in your store and they need to buy that bag and it crashes, then you know you're going to cost them out, right? Yeah. Because you is now you, you're going to be forced to revert to your other ways or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we've been we've been finding out that our customers. I've been using, you know, the system, and we love that fact. Now, on the flip side, and this is why I've not said it's been great, is because we've not actually rolled out in that sort of thing and say, yeah, we, you know, yeah, we have guys. This is prognostic. So oh, okay. we, we are not. So the, yeah, this, so these are more of like your private beta testers, and all. Yeah. So I mean, some places we've been coming out and we're doing a little bit of, you know. Um, kind of soft adverts here and there yeah. and soft promotions here and there. And the whole point really is because we also know we don't want to just use prognosis from the sort of angle of people that we migrated or people that we know and they're using and they can call us up. We want to see how our whole system works hand to hand. You know, like people raising support tickets, how do we respond to it? Uh-huh. You know, how do we, as a team, also look at how do we try out those issues we're raising? Now, you know, how do we actually fix those bugs? You know, so it's all that sort of thing we're just trying to resolve. I mean, like I am um, alluded to initially, our homebody is like our biggest um, question that we're looking at in terms of, you know, should we make it simpler? It's like, or should we just stick to our guns and say, we're going to make it as robust as we can because we know that when people do it properly the first time, they're going to get more value. So it's all those sort of things. So in terms of the market as well, uh, like I said, we have that full expectation, right? Yeah. Um, 
we are not trying to roll out to every, you know, we're not trying to roll out to people like my mom, for instance. <laughs> but really, she, we, so she, we, yeah. she should be doing that. We will do that. We've got massive plans, right? We have massive plans. I've got a massive, um, talented team as well. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know anyone doing what we're doing right now. And I'm sure that if people look at it, yes, there's some point of sale startups out there, but we're just taking our time to do these things properly. Yeah. You know, so I just think... Uh, I, I'm sorry. Um, didn't mean to yeah. cut you short there, but... Um, you actually bring up a very interesting point. Um, you guys are accountants, and yeah. you're building and marketing a tech product. What's it yeah. been like, as in having a a team that is not? I I don't want to use the word technical. Okay, a team that is not mm. programmers and building yeah. a tech product market, uh, and especially for an environment. So maybe, 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 maybe some clarification. So like the genesis is because we came from the accounting firm and this was kind of alluded to. So but immediately we kind of said, you know what, this is what we are going to do. It's going to take us a long time to do it properly. And we're going to do it that properly is like, if I, if, you know, if I was writing, I'll put it in bold, right? Um, emphasis on properly. So we kind of got people read out to our network and we got, um, a lot of people love, you know, we know back from the days we started and we worked with them. So in our initial team, it was split. It was technical and not technical, but we had everybody on board. Um, so it wasn't like a bunch of non-technical people. So uh, one of our guys, uh, main people, um, can tell that started also as well. You know, it's been working with Goldman Sachs in, in the, like, well-experienced and all that sort of thing. So I, I've not done any of all that thing. So it's a developer. The point is, it's like anything, you know, you want to start with the right sort of people. I'm just talking about my skill sets so and on the genesis. So it's not like we, we just a bunch of um, non-technical. Uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like I would always say, um, you know, I take my time to make sure that I'm, I understand to the greatest degree what where we're going to, um, but it's not like it's, it's that sort of, oh, well, we didn't, we, uh, we, we are all non-technical in the team. The advantage that we have, for instance, we, we integrated into zero. We integrated into payment like authorized.net. We're thinking of doing different stuff already. And it's that insight of, that we have with small business owners. So it's not, and this is, I think, the advantage. Because at the end of the day, we've, we've, we've been with these customers for a while. We know, we know them. So we know that customers, they don't care, right? They don't care if the guy heading you hasn't got any degree or whatever. They just want to get tool that works. So we kind of think, well, that's our advantage. So it's not exactly like two boys in the garage and just think, oh, well, we can build this awesome tool and I'm going to go and I'll build it and I'm going to speak to them and find out if they need it. So we are working the other way around. We we are with these guys. We know what they need and we're trying to get it done. So it's all, yeah, so that's kind of it really. 
Okay. The the reason why I was asking is because um, I think we all sort of maybe okay, maybe it's just me, but we kind of get this perception that you know tech companies are primarily tech like need this primarily tech team. But it's an int- um, recently we had um, a guest on the show, Sharon, who is building a company uh, with I think some tech components to it. And she's not a tech person. Um, And it's kind of got my mind jogging what sort of, like, maybe the whole tech space is not necessarily um, exclusive to technical people. For example, we have accountants who can have a vision and see a product and just get technical people to implement it. You know, what about other industries like, for example, farming? Maybe there's a guy who owns tons and tons of acres of land and he can see where software can optimize his process and for other farmers and he hires a couple of programmers to build something for him. So that was kind of what I was asking along the lines of like... um, I, I, I think, I think, I mean, I, I, I think from what you described, I think a lot of that will happen. But f- to be honest, my own perception about it is like most great companies, it will, might be, it, it will be an element of, um, did they have the technical prowess at the beginning? But I think the longevity will be driven by stuff like that vision, like the passion for what they're doing. Like, loads of stuff that has nothing to do with the technology that itself. Yeah. 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 I've, yeah. I've actually, you know, yeah. I've actually always been of the opinion that, um, I don't know, um, I think contrary to what um, Uzo was thinking, I know, like, um, it has it um, revolves around the tech team. I've actually been of the opinion that it revolves around the people with the relevant um, skill set, um, skill sets relevant to the industry they are playing in. And also, like for instance, um, it doesn't make sense for a couple of programmers to come together and sit down and say, "Hey, we want to um, write a new accounting software." And no, um, first and foremost, um, they are not exactly um, they are not exact. They don't have domain expertise, right? Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the, all the, all the um know is um. Oh, maybe this accounting package is probably difficult for me to use. Not like I don't even know exactly I'm supposed to be using it, but then I want to go ahead and authoritative, authoritatively write uh, a new application to help me handle it. At the end of the day, you'll probably just be solving a problem that is relevant to just you and relevant to nobody else because you are not exactly bringing in the right. Uh, uh, people, people with the right skill sets to join your team and actually like, okay, you know what? Maybe um, pitch tree accounting or something is difficult to use. Yeah, I mean, in, in, to, in this day and age and all of that. So can, how do we meld technology with accounting better um, in a way suited for 2016? And then, you know, guys sit down, they brainstorm and all of that and then they come up with the killer accounting product. That can only come if they are also people with um, domain expertise in the room, not just developers sitting down and um, trying to get, I don't know, like, like so yeah. th- that, that has always I been mean, my um, opinion about it, which is, which also goes to, I mean, um, we said something about it in the last episode about um, scratching your own itch. Um, that is really where um, 
the best product yeah yeah come out yeah. of yeah not just sitting down and thinking okay. and saying, yeah okay yeah, fair enough. Okay. I have like... cuts, cuts. <laughs> what about elon musk and launching rockets you want to go there I've been to another non-programmer who wants to say a bit okay no i mean like i i had a similar question to what uzo had and like just Right. From what Ezra is saying, at the end of the day, I think it's it's about finding the balance. Because yeah. yeah, you might have all the domain expertise and you might know what kind of accounting software or rocket ships that should be built because that's what, I don't know, you, you studied or you know about. But who's going to do the building and how much do you know about how feasible it is to build these things? I don't know if that makes any sense. But like I keep on thinking about the stage we are in with Strife and a conversation we started having last week on Geekstar, but I kind of ran away from like. Neither me or my co-founder are developers. We understand tech. We know our way around stuff. But when it comes down to building what we should have, we don't have that expertise. I know when we started out, we had all these fancy things. Like We genuinely think that people hate to write, like really hate to write, hate to write so much that they don't even want to write their own request for writing. So we thought, hey, we put a record button and let people record it. And they should <laughs> hire you to this. write what they want. Wow, scam. Scam yeah. of life. So, right. so we just had the whole, could we even just have them record what they want, upload it, we transcribe it, then show them how we look, and then they, like all those things that we thought, yeah, but then it started getting very high touch and how feasible is this technically? And by the time we start getting quotes from people about how much it will be to integrate this and do that, we're like, you know what? Maybe we should leave that for when we raise our first, I don't know, kind of funding. So you get, like, that's why the mix yeah. for me is important. And that's why it was this question. Like, I actually had it in mind to ask that same question. How do you balance having domain expertise, like knowing how the process should flow, how to get the most impact or the optimal execution yeah. of this thing with actually building a product like this tech yeah. and not just tech, but very low touch, like you can still function even when you're sleeping. That's I think that's the point where most tech companies want to get to. Mm-hmm. That you don't want the manualness of having to attend to people or talking to them all the time. Let them just go to your platform, see it, know how it works and intuitively be able to use it without you being there once. Really good question. I think it depends on whoever is living, living uh, that is non-technical. I can only speak for myself, right? But the reality about it is, you know, loads of people say um, I'm, I'm technically aware of everything. I don't even say that. I'm just genuinely curious. Like, and I'm not even saying I'm genuinely curious about things affecting my industry or things affecting small business and all that stuff. I read a lot, and I'm that sort of person. Like, I was reading this evening, I'm reading lots of stuff about Bitcoin because it's something I really, really am interested in. I love anything that has to do with payments. I think my industry is also intricately, when I say industry, I'm talking about small business, intricately linked with um, with payments. There are lots of stuff that is small business needs, right? So I'm really wild and fire about stuff. But the reality about it is when I have something that has to do with my startup, like we might just be thinking, what should we do? How should we even, you know, something very simple. How should we do? How should we even, like maybe uh, our tables, our database tables, how should we arrange our tables, right? Or how should we report, you know, should we be using MySQL or, you know, what should we be doing? The level of details that I go into, like, and everyone in my team, the technical guys, they know, like, I attend all the meetings they do. 
I read well far. Like, and it's not just about, oh yeah, I'm reading, I'm asking. I'm just genuinely curious. So I'm the one asking the questions, why are we not doing this? What should we do? Why, what does this mean? And all that. And another thing that I think is important, you know, we are speaking earlier before you, I'm always thinking about this thing. Like, there's no one that I work with that thinks about this thing more than I do. So, for instance, we have this massive product roadmap that we're trying to do. Loads of things are so intertwined, but every single thing, I just think about it like 10 different ways. So, I think that if you're not technical, if you genuinely think, oh, the technical guys will handle it, and I think that's where the downfall is. The only thing is, and I'll say where the challenges are, like we've had instances of like um, very maybe slightly simple stuff happening. And my co-founders, they are in the States, they can't even reach. And I'm like, oh, I know this is simple. I should just go in and, but I can't. You know, it's like, I can't, I know exactly what's happened. But there's nothing I can do. So there's all that limitation, that sort of thing. It's almost the, the best example that I can think about is like if you don't drive and you have a driver and your driver decides to stop the car on Todd Milan Bridge, you know, you're stuck. That sort of thing. You can't even <laughs> say, yeah, I'll drive, I'll drive the car. So that's the bit. But you really, really need to do a lot of work to because it's, and the more the team um, grows, the, the more that it kind of reduces. And what does this mean? So it, it plays into the other skill set. Now that as prognostic, we are trying to recruit other developers that are not part of the founding team and people are interviewing and I'm not really involved at that stage of interviewing those people simply because I don't know what to ask a developer, right? <laughs> so the guys, you know, this is just that basic. But again, that means the level that I need to get involved is also even slightly reducing and that kind of takes the weight off. So it's playing more into my skill set. And I think it's a timing thing as well. This always happens if your startup survives enough to make all those two mitigate because ultimately, even Elon Musk that Uzo mentioned is not coding, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's hired people. Yeah, exactly, anymore. It's hired people. He's moved fast enough. It's hired people that are smarter than him. But obviously, he can key into all that conversation and bring all these wild ideas to life. I was just going to say that this brings me to um, when we're talking about different skill sets and all that. Like one thing on the that's like on the micro level to start up, it brings yeah. me to like skill sets and um, on the macro level in a, well in an ecosystem. I want to think about it like collaboration. I think that's something that um, I really think. We can. Uh, we need more attention um, as uh, as for Nigeria really as an ecosystem. Yeah, and I have this bit on it. I won't even call it a theory. I, there are lots of stuff that I say beforehand and then think about, and lots of that I think they happen, you know. But this one, I know it will happen, and what I perceive is. It's two things. Because I deal a lot with small business owners, and I guess like anyone, right? Foreign um, startups will come. It's just the way it would work. Just the same way like they're trying to go into India and everything. You know, after they're looking for growth, they will come. Yeah. And secondly, 
the <clears throat> the Nigerian customers like we like we all know on this call, uh-huh. um, our they they're not they're not fully developed, and it's not like when I say they're not fully developed, I'm just talking about there's not enough infrastructure. You know, internet is obviously pricey. Yeah, not enough people on the net. People are not yet trusted to actually take up take use their card to you know pay for things. So there is that element of the the environment is not exactly there that encourages people to shop online. You know, you know? so yeah. it's like early days. So if you take those two things that I've said, foreign startups will come, and our customers are not yet fully there. The only thing that can mitigate against those two in a positive way for Nigerian startups is collaboration. Now, when I think about collaboration, and, I, and this is one of the things I was thinking about, you know, and, and to be frank, I've talked about it in different, you know, angles. I'm not just talking about people showing up to each other's events or just one or two APIs there or, you know, people helping to push on social media and say, oh, yeah, check out this startup. It's great. I'm talking about, like, total open up kimono, you know, let's go into this. I'm going to open up my system to push your startup. I'm going to actually, and it's going to be in that sort of way that it will be really cohesive, so to say. Now, the, the, the reason, if I want to break this down in terms of why I think this would be the only way that would save, at least mitigate those two things that I pointed out. One, let's be frank, when established firms come into the country, people will jump at working with those foreign co- companies, like our own established firms. You know, we saw the example of PayPal. PayPal came in, all the big banks were like, yeah, we're working with PayPal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, the same way Netflix came in, Netflix had not even physically, I'm sure no one has physically even stepped into Nigeria. And you saw all these, <laughs> you know, they they had promotions. They had banners. You know, they had, it's like, I'm not an Iroko supporter. And I'll say why I'm not an Iroko supporter. I don't even watch Iroko. I don't watch home video. You know, yeah. that's, you know, so I, I don't care. That reminds yeah. me. This little side story. I remember when I came into the country in 2005, I used to stay with my aunt. And she was like, ah, oh, Papa, come on, watch this old video. <laughs> and I used to hate to watch old video back in Nigeria. And you know, you sit down, you can't even say to someone that wants you to, you know, make you feel comfortable that I don't want this crap, that sort of thing. But um, so yeah, we saw this old Netflix Iroko stuff, and that's the way the established firms would relate to the foreign companies when they come. Now, let's look at the other angle, the way Nigerians also relate to the establishment. People will be like, yay, you know, we want this. They don't even know what they want, right? <laughs> and you just think about We've always all been waiting what for maybe this. someone. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> that is one thing. The other thing that I, the people need to consider is when I say collaboration, it has to be beneficial, right? I'm not even saying, oh, collaborate just because, you know, this is not like a kumbaya brotherly or whatever sort of thing. Uh-huh. You know, you look at example like Box and Microsoft, some of my thing, oh, Box is like the junior partner compared to Microsoft, but in reality, Microsoft is also getting its products into the new generation of people that would not even consider 
paying for uh, like Microsoft 365 Outlook or any of all those uh, stuff they used to sell, you know. So it's, it has to be beneficial. So if you're kind of thinking of collaboration, you have to think, well, what's it in it for this other startup, right? The other thing that I think people need to consider is like, you know, there shouldn't be egos. In Nigeria, we, there's all that cultural aspect in it. Someone is startup is started two days before you won or made more money or whatever. You know, we need to <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously, you know, we need, we need to recognize that we have all that sort of, because if you look at Salesforce working with Microsoft or working with some of all us, they, they, they just have to do it because it makes business sense. So we need to be at that place. Mm-hmm. And again, one thing is the customers are still out there. This is one thing I, I genuinely I know. Because even look at the establishment like the banks, most money is still on banks in this country. So even any any e-commerce space, no matter if that company says we are number one, just recognize that their number one is nothing, right? Because number one of what is that the full you know is that the full population is that the full market the answer is no more people are still out there so and just it's not like people haven't done but it's just that more people are yet and which leads to my final point because the infrastructure will get better it means that when we collaborate and we make it more interesting one of the reasons when i say collaboration i just look at my startup prognose talk yeah there's so many ways. What does a small business owner need? You know, just like Tolu was saying, these guys, there's so many options out there. You know, they also have done this without paying for anything. And and again, if money is not their real problem, their problem is more like we don't even know this thing exists. So a small business owner, if just look at a woman in Balogun, if in the next seven years, you might think, oh, let's all admit, someone in Balogun probably has got money. But now you're thinking of how to make a business better. Or it could be even in some fancy shopping mall in Vichara. Or it could be in Ikeja. The point I'm making is, this woman might be saying, oh, I need a point of sale system. Right. So we've come in place with going at this point of sale. But actually, does just a point of sale system solve all our problems? No. She's probably thinking, I need to take card from my customers. Why can't I take card? These guys are only coming cash. You know, have I not got payment? She's probably thinking of stuff like, Actually, well, I'm at my VIP customers. I would really like to do some promotion for them, right? Or give them some loyalty card or give them some, you know, let me um, do some discount or whatever. So she's thinking of loyalty programs, right? Prognoso doesn't do payments, doesn't do loyalty programs. She's now thinking of, oh, well, actually, these guys are buying my stuff. I really want to, you know, post it. You know, I've had, I can... Like any small business in some different parts of the world, post things, she's thinking about logistics, transportation. She's thinking about so much stuff that it's not, it goes beyond one startup. But ultimately, all this bit, if you think about it, it can be done. But it can be done in terms of, oh, um, one startup is just fulfilling. Oh, yeah, we have X amount of customers. Because ultimately, if you if you look at the level of collaboration that can be done, a small business, the, there are loads of small business owners like that right there in Nigeria. 
we kind of always think about, oh, 120 million Nigerians. Actually, it's not 120 million Nigerians. You know, not everybody's a business owner. People use that number. And not everyone can afford all this stuff. But there's still a big market that one startup or one software provider or one firm cannot really fully penetrate unless if they work with other firms. And that's the way I kind of think, you know, one day people say, oh, yeah, Netflix. Another day they say, oh, Amazon is going to come and kill Conga. Another day. You know, and I, I genuinely believe the next six, seven, all we have is, is time. We have the advantage of time. Because there's almost, I, my startup, I can count, and that's the thing, I'm not shy. I can count someone like Square, Venn HQ, you know, lots, um, 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 Shopify has also got a POS system now. Okay. Like loads, or loads of um, companies, companies they have POS that are playing in your space somewhat. Yeah, yeah. So and it, it's it's not like you're saying, oh yeah, because at a point in time they will come, mm-hmm. and the only thing you've got is time. You've got you know you've got X amount of years. Before they say, well, we're going to send in a country, not even country manager, we send an African representative, uh-huh. right? So, and the only difference is you are able to um, provide value before that day comes. Yeah. And you can look at almost any startup. If you're targeting um, a specific zone and you've got this, then, and this is the angle that I've, I've strongly feel about as well. Look at in the media space from Nike.com to some of all those other. The people that, um, the firms, the foreign firms in Nigeria, they're not exactly, it's not like New York Times is coming to set up a hand. No, it's just going to be, I don't want to call them random, but I'm just going to say other small players that recognize the opportunity. And there's something that I realize people think, they think about, um, local talent or local expertise or home advantage or whatever work. There's nothing like that, right? Yeah. There's absolutely nothing like that. Because guess what? Two things will happen. This firm, imagine Square, or maybe some people might say, well, I don't even know Square. Imagine, let's say you're doing something and Apple decides to enter the space, right? And Apple comes to Nigeria. So you have this developer that's been working with you, or probably they won't want to hire a developer, nothing against your developer, but you have this business development manager, or you have this sales guy that's been working with you for the past X amount of years. And then Apple comes and say, oh, you know, let's just assume that this guy's name is Kenny. They say, oh, Kenny, do you want to work for Apple? Well, what will Kenny do? He will work for Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so your so-called local expertise, local advantage yeah. will go. Can be the same easily, easily, easily. Same way, your that same happen will come. You know, if you've been talking to into Switch for the last seven years to grant you some sort of backdoor gimme channel, Apple will send an email, and into Switch guy will open and say, "Right, come and take all. The, you know, what, what do you want? Everything <laughs> yeah. will happen." Yeah. Um, sorry, there's been a lot that's gone on. So let me just try and see if I can extract the um at least my value added statement from this um yeah. you started you, you're you're talking about collaboration in the space and yeah. um the market is much bigger than any one of the startups out there and that we should find some meaningful sort of collaboration 
um, a mutual beneficial, uh, something that's mutually beneficial, um, where we add value to you, you add value to us, and we both grow because yes. the the currently tapped potential is still a small percentage of the full pie. Yes. And um, I think that kind of links back to what we, um, sort of the analogy that I got from Patrick McKenzie earlier on, that mm. he partnered with an existing um, institution. So not necessarily a new startup, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He partnered with accountants to provide a technical solution and help get into the market. I, I think I mentioned he's an American who moved to Japan. So it's, yeah. he did not have that local expertise either. He, mm-hmm. he gave a percentage commission to the, um, to the, to the um, accountants and they became his local, um, his local ex- uh, connection and they mm-hmm. used their influence to get his product into the market. Um, mm-hmm. Is this an angle that we probably, as we as, well, I don't know if I count myself as a startup person, but mm-hmm. we as business people in the tech space, is this an angle or uh, an opportunity that we've all been sort of closing our eyes to? Because I'm like I Nigerians have associations for damn near everything. There's associations yeah. for tailors, associations for uh, pep drivers, associations mm. for truck drivers. Every like there's so many associations, and have we been like wh- have we been missing the the core thing here in that we can actually partner with existing. Um, existing infrastructure, existing organizations and have that mutually beneficial thing? Does it have to be with other startups? Can can it not be with governments, organizations, companies in different spaces um, or strategic partners like the whole tech, I build software and I'm an accountant and we both uh, work together to reach small businesses? I mean, that would, the, uh, that would be the ideal really um but i guess it's just all these or and this is me generalizing very poorly so please don't hold me to this it's just that most of this other um associations you speak of they're not exactly organized enough for you to even want to bank on them to help you promote what you're doing and i guess it also depends on where you are because as you were talking about that i was thinking of people who are already actively doing that leveraging existing Partner. Um, yeah, I, when we were talking about it, Uzo, I could think of two organizations that partner with other organizations to, I guess, um, amplify their voice and their reach and get to. People. Oh, yeah, name names, and, name names. I'm coming, I'm them. coming now, calm down. Uh-uh. <laughs> the first one, I was setting the context, then I was going to the name. So the first one I could think of is Recyclers and what they're doing with Loma right now. I mean, the collagen said, hey, we're going to start and start telling everybody around to recycle, and that's the end. But I guess they also knew that they couldn't reach a wide pool of people and make waste management and recycling a thing without pair partnering with the government on some level. I don't even want or to maybe a rapper. begin to They should partner with a certain rapper and make this thing happen for themselves now. Which rapper? Oh, I, but, but, but <laughs> no, I just remembered. No, 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 I actually just remembered. Which um, rapper? But they actually had, they had something with... Did anybody ever watch um, BBC... I forget the name of that thing. Where vocals slant 
that was there. Who's that? Whoever oh, yeah, heard about yeah, Bukos yeah, Land. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, some years yeah, ago. Yeah, he yeah, so they Recyclers actually had something with him, a brief stint. I don't know if they're still working with him, but they partner with him because he used to be a waste uh collector and he also wanted to have a rap um what do you call it, future or career. And they met up and they did things, but minus him, there was also like Norma um, that they did things with. I don't even want to think about how how much back and forth had to go on to make that a sealed deal. Um, but I can imagine that it would not have been as smooth as McKinsey and, did you say Japan, the partnerships he had there? Because like Papa mentioned, they have processes or they have legal requirements to do certain things. Here, it's every man for whatever he feels like doing most times. Even though they are the laws, there are no enforcers of the law. This is a good and a bad thing in the sense that when you start thinking of partnering with people, who do you know is the right person to partner with? You go to an association of motorists and find out that you have to go to the board of the association of the motorist, motorist chairman or something. And then it's just this long-winded process and... By the time you're done thinking you're a startup, you're frustrated. It's something that ideally you'll think should take you three days to be signed and delivered. Two years down the line, you're still on it. And you're like, is this the life I want to live? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I, it's a mix of both of them. Yes, yes, I agree there should be more partnerships in this fund. But also how, how easy are they to come by? And that being said, there are people doing partnerships. So check out what CC Hub currently has with Andela, I think Andela Kasini is on the board and um, the government. They're doing something for talent management, um, talent analysis, I think. I can't remember. Let me pull it up and be sure so I can say the right thing. But they're working on this thing where they want to see what do what do what do schools teach people and what do employers really want and how can they assess that talent gap in the in Nigeria. And for that, obviously, they need information from universities or the education board or people in the private and public sector. And they're partnering with them in that way because for them to have maximum input, maximum reach, they can't do it alone. So, yeah, I guess I agree with you, but also, like, it's hard. Okay, um, let me just add... Yeah, go on. Go on, Uzo. Let me just sort of add a little context to what I'm saying. Um, Okay, so let's say... For your, for hypothetically, let's say Procno Store needs to reach a, a, a critical mass of 200 paying um, small businesses for the software to become a profitable product. Amen. Now, <laughs> they, can do the, they can do the obvious thing and walk to 200 stores or more than 200 stores and, you know, hope that they convert enough of them to get that um, profitable number. Or they can do a sort of reverse engineering in that we're accountants. Um, There's an accounting association in Nigeria. Let's talk to the, let's go and join the accounting association Get, let's get a list of other members, start talking with them, see who is like-minded, see who can s- and offer them an incentive to sell this product to their own existing customers. So now we don't, th- they've already done the legwork of becoming other people's accountants and having a relationship with them. Now, all we need to do is get them to sell the software. This is what I mean. I don't mean the bureaucratic process of going mm. all the way to the top and the mandates trickling down. I, I seriously don't believe in any of those. I, what I mean is sort of like bootstrapping your way to, um, there are already people in the door. 
right? Like, the, the, I mean, on every sort of level, there's already someone in the door doing something with your, like, no business is an island. Every business yeah. has some sort of connection, no matter how small. Yeah. Now, if you can identify which ones are critical to your target market and the organization that those sort of people should be attached to, then you can go in through the association to get a list of those people and those people yeah. reach their customers. That's what I meant. I didn't yeah. mean... To be honest, what, what you said, Uzo, honestly, um, you can't see me, but I actually wrote it down because I think it's a very valid point. Um, and it's not just like a valid point. It's like, oh, wow, this is a gold nugget. This meetings, you know, this podcast is, <laughs> this is something great. Uzo for the senses. So, yeah, it's definitely something that we, are, you know, we like any startup, you're going to get different ideas of how you can, because every single customer matters at this point, right? You know, everyone, you're going to baby them. So I think it's very important. I also agree with Tolu because one thing you never want to do, and this is when, why, when I was talking about collaboration, I was looking at it more among startups because obviously, like, it's easier, you know, you can move with speed, you can talk to this person, and in a 15 minutes conversation, you can really be at that level because ultimately, you can do more things. Now, if, if now being specific, talking about accountants, like you said, you know, like, I'm an accountant, right? So, but one of the things is, Actually, um, so I'm really heavily involved in accounting. Well, they call it ACCA over in the UK. Yeah. I, I used to, you know, I worked in a couple of banks. I used to work in Barclays and Credit Suisse. So I used to actually be like um, what they call UK, ACCA Financial Services Association UK. So I used to be the vice president. Then I was the president for a couple of years as well. So I'm really involved in that. But because I knew, oh, well, we're coming to the uh, Nigeria. So I became a member of ICANN. And I tell you what, when in the UK, the way, so the UK, the way when we used to do our elections, and this was like, oh yeah, um, elections for um, president of UK and financial services, because I work in a bank. So I used to contest for financial services. It was very mild and everything was very easy. People, you know, it's normal stuff. I was sending to all my boys and say, right, guys, I'm voting. I'm contesting. Make sure you vote. So they'll send out emails to them as well and put codes so them to go to a website and enter. Long story short, it's very mild. When I went down to ICANN, because I used to attend some of their meetings, I hope no one from ICANN, well, no one from ICANN probably listened to Crudecast. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, very popular in those circles. Like, hey, don't, don't downgrade us. Well, seriously, you, you know, Nigeria, things are just different. And I'm not saying it's a valid, like, we, and I obviously know that this is an avenue. Like, um, so there was an event about a month ago. We went there at the Pogno store. We actually advertised in the magazine. It was the end of year event. So we do lose of that sort of thing. But I can assure you that, and this is part of the thing that I know that Nigeria, we just need to organize ourselves better. Because lots of things, yes, you're right, there are lots of our 
even like bloggers, bloggers are doing association of bloggers. People do all these associations and they're not even all grouped in one place. Yeah. But I do agree that you're still better off meeting those, you know, even if it's 30 people gathered in one place, you're still better off meeting them and you get, um, you know, more input than you going out. So it's something we definitely want to do more. And like I said, I've written this down. I think it's something I need to do, but I'm not. Um, fully thinking it just has to be that I can. I'm just thinking, well, maybe lose lower. What about the market? Why can't we go to a market? And I'm sure there'll be an association in some 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 of these markets as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I I think that's that's um, that um, covers it about um, collaboration. I would more actually be interested in um, the subject of companies actually being able to work together. Um, I think you also covered that angle as well. But um, in even more um, ways than we can see today, like um, for instance, um, at Delivery Science earlier, um, when we're um, basically um, starting out and we had our product proof of delivery, and we're trying to roll out to uh, different companies and all of that. I mean, um, our target market was um, supposed to be small to, well, I'll say enterprises at the end of the day because, so we're trying to like sell to people like Gidem Guinness, Nestle, mm. ETC, um, Dangote and stuff. Who is ETC? Dangote. And I was like, yeah, um, it would be nice. I mean, these guys are, you know, they are mammoths, they are... Um, companies that have been there since forever. There are companies that uh, the sales cycle is going to take a long turn around time, right? There are companies mm. that are used to doing everything on paper or on Excel yeah. sheets anyway. So yeah. you coming in to talk to them and say, hey, you can automate all of those things and you can save yourself a lot more money by, yeah. uh, what's it called, exactly knowing, knowing exactly where you're losing money in your logistics process and all of that. Yeah. It just sounds like, Okay, yeah, we'll get back to you, you know, that kind of mm. thing. Because it's, the money they are losing is not really a problem to them right now. They've been losing mm. that money for years and they are still doing great. So, mm-hmm. but then, um, if you want to bring it home and look at um, the new high-growth startups in e-commerce in Nigeria, like, oh, yeah, um, there are companies like Conga, there are companies like Jumia. Um, yeah. They are trying to scale out their logistics as well, you know, things yeah. like that. And hmm, won't it be nice to actually, like... Um, sit down with these guys and have this conversation and talk to them, which we actually tried to do, but unfortunately, <laughs> we were met with, um, uh, you know, we have, they will listen to you well, and everything. Conga building their own Yeah, no, 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 so I'm saying in the early days, I'm not saying now, like, oh, okay, when okay. we started. So it's like, um, yeah, it's a great idea and all of that, but then you know these guys are leaving the room with the mindset of, this is actually something we should be doing. We've learned from these people, from this little yeah. conversation and all of that. We have developers and we can put them to use to yeah. get this shit out there. You understand? Yeah. As yeah. against, we can use their product and yeah. just save ourselves. You know, just outsource that bit to yeah. this company and let this company handle all of that. Um, we also had the conversation with Ace as well because, I mean, mm-hmm. Ace is in the business of actually yeah. doing Korea for yeah. Yeah, a lot of companies a lot of startups are using them i know and then you're like okay while these people are trying to build out their korean network their new age korean network i know why can't um they 
you know, focus on building the network and um, mm-hmm. leave the logistics software bit and all of that to yeah. delivery science to handle. And then we had the yeah. conversation with them as well. And it's like, mm, no, you know, we'd rather just do this in-house. It's like, yeah. uh, you get, which is funny because the mm. people you think are high growth and, um, you know, um, are supposed to be focused on, scale, on being able to scale <laughs> fast and all of that. Yeah. yeah. And not mm. buying into your product, so you are eventually left with the slow guys who will not, who will take maybe one year or a year and a half <laughs> before they eventually say, "Okay, yes, we think we need this product." Uh, yeah, I know, you know. So, and that is so. Besides, even saying, "Oh, let's collaborate to um, to fight the impending uh, influx of foreign startups into the country." And all of that. I think there is also another message about let's collaborate to prevent ourselves from even keep, from even dying. You know. Yes. You get yes. Because- and and, and that, when you say dying, also recognize that uh, which I mentioned, not enough people yeah. are, are able. To, you know, one startup cannot actively reach everybody that needs to know. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. That's that's that. Um, because but one, one okay. small thing from your examples, though, um, and I'll give it from one way. I don't hold any startup. Um, I don't hold it against them if they say, "Well, you know, this almost infringes on our area, and we kind of need to protect it." And the reason I say that is, yeah. if I was a guy Ace and delivery science come to me and say, "Blah blah blah, we can do this for you," I'm going to think as. Now, obviously, I'm just saying it based on what you said to me. I'm not ace. And no, I'm no, 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 no. I, 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 I get I'm you. A, I'm also going to say, well, I'm not going to give you the core of my, of my, of my, of my, you know, my domain, really. I don't want to be, you make you the Microsoft, and I'll be the high BM of this sort of situation. I'll probably say no. <laughs> but on the other hand, if I take that same example like you gave of Konga, in my opinion, Konga... And again, this is the kind of the benefit that I have. Like I can say the way I think. I think if Konga opens up their API, they can power loads of startups. But more importantly, they can even reach more people. Okay. Because ultimately, they are an e-commerce firm. But think about it. If someone like my mom, okay, maybe not like my mom, but ultimately, why shouldn't anyone that has a store say I will have a Konga store in Nigeria? Because you can ultimately say... Well, you have this store in Victoria and you're selling these nice bags for the people on the Zumba, by the way. But if you have a Conga store, someone can come into you and you say, well, I will enter, I will enter it on my online store so I can, I can use the back end and post it to you, you in the Kedja. I can reach more people. Yeah. That should be, you know, that sort of thing. And a lot of for that to happen will not be driven by Conga alone. It will be like Conga opening up itself to, and I'm not going to talk about Jumia because it's, well, it's, um, um, the whole rocket internet AI stuff. I'm, so I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure they have developers as such in Nigeria. So. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's all going to be a different sort of conversation. But I, I, I these are the kind of things that I'm thinking. Conga, if you ask loads of people that we know, they know Conga. But if you ask people that I, you know, loads of all that sort of people, they say Conga. Is it, is it the drum you're talking about or what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's still like that. But everybody cannot know Conga. 
No, but seriously. No, I, 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 I get that. I'll have just assumed, well, the people we talk to anyway should... No, I'm saying the people we talk to will know. Yeah, all right. But we are a most subset. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. 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 Anyway, that's... Um, so that's that. That's, that's just where the angle I wanted to come in from. And all. I'm sure... Um, I can't. I can't go in depth into that right now. But basically, I know. Um, I think we don't. Um, we don't trust our. We don't trust ourselves enough in the ecosystem to use our. To use our. To use our. Um, I don't want to say competitors now, but basically to use a product <laughs> that is um, being developed by another startup and all of that. Everybody just thinks. Um, well, we can go it alone. We can do everything from top to bottom. Nobody wants to leverage on what the other person is doing and which is um as much as we all like to shout a yabakon valley as though um, we're all together and all of Who's that shouting yabakon valley please <laughs> yabba right please yeah. oh sorry sorry oh yeah really wherever. really tolu yeah totally. <laughs> anyway as, as, i just call it as i see it uh, what, I'm, what i'm trying to get out of there is as much as we try to like um call ourselves a community of some sort and all of that. That community just starts and stops at um, social events or meetups uh, and whatnot. Me, and let doesn't, me tell you something. Yeah. Let me come in there as okay. well. One thing that I do know for a fact, and this is a bit that I try and say things ahead so that we'll look at it. And again, this is not being, um, you know, just looking, not all the startups that we know now yeah. will be there forever. It's just, a, it's just the truth, okay. right? Yeah. And again, not all the people that we think, oh, they're massive or big will be there forever. Things will definitely change. True. But going back to that point, even in the States, right, or the UK, when they buy startups, why do they buy startups? Do you think that the Facebook of the world or the Microsoft or the Salesforce or, you know, Apple, they've not tried to do that thing in-house? Yeah, they have. But it was so crap that no one heard of it. And they said, well, we give up. We're just going to buy this. Okay, so 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 I'm to, I'm talking from the perspective of um, say you run Prognostor right now, right? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. let's assume you're in the US or something, yeah. right? Um, you want to get uh, analytics or some sort of analytics on your system. You integrate Mixpanel. You want to yeah, yeah get um, I don't know. You want to do something. You want to do customer support and all of that very well. Yeah. You use Intercom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want well, you to want to handle payments and use Paystack. I was talking about the US. So you want to handle payments, use Stripe. Um, you want to do it, you understand? So like there are different startups that are focused on specific things that will yeah. make your uh, product yeah. work you and serve it properly. And you are going to leverage on all of these different components without thinking yeah. and all of that. All of that. Yeah. So while even being an SV startup, you are also leveraging yeah. on several SV startups in the process. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You come to Nigeria, um, you don't actually find... Maybe maybe that can also be attributed to the fact that people, um, the different startups in Nigeria don't exactly build these simple, small tools and all of that. Yeah. Or we don't think... Nigerians are capable of doing things like that. So when even when a Nigerian comes and says, "Hey, I've done analytics and all of that," I know Chukau Philly and Tim did something yeah. called Open Apps back in uh, yeah. 2013 or yeah. 2012. I know. I'm, yeah. Did you hear of that? Um, uh, I've read. I actually read about that okay. very recently. Oh, very recently. But very, I think right. I followed the link, and the link was there. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. It, 
exactly right it, it eventually died it was a very fine idea it was um basically analytics right um something like google analytics all you just, all you're doing is just putting a script on your website okay. to say and then it tracks all visits tracks uh okay. the kind of devices people are using to okay. access your web basically um open apps can now give you back interesting analytics that's yeah. uh, more robust than what you'll find on Google, yeah. on Google Analytics. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's targeted at the Nigerian market anyway. You want to yeah. know what kind of smartphones your users are using yeah. and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. shit like that, right? And then also open, um, open apps can also do like this general ecosystem type um, um, data, whatever, like, uh, yeah. you know, what are those things? Infographic, right? And like, say, yeah. oh, yes, in Nigeria, in Nigeria, in 2013, this is how mm-hmm. device, this is how people were accessing the internet and all of that. Yeah. In Nigeria, in 2014, it changed into this, you know, and make some sense out of the data. And no, I was in, I was, um, hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was in Jobberman when, um, when they actually did this, and I was like, oh yes, this is interesting, and um, you know what, Jobberman would actually be a good source of data for this platform, yeah. and, all of, and well, I'll also like to see the insights I can get from it anyway, so hey guys, should we put their script on our website, and um, at Jobberman, the response was basically like, mm, you know, um, I, I don't think we want people to see our traffic and all of that because yeah. that's <laughs> essentially translating to whoever is behind open apps would yeah, know no, how no, much traffic no. is coming to job. Yeah. You, you understand? You should get like things like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. The trust is not there. There's yeah. just that everybody's just dodgy about themselves. But we yeah. all meet ourselves at meetups. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're, we're all yeah. building products together and stuff. But... Uh, use your uh, product uh, maybe not uh, Ezra yeah. what you're raising is a valid point and although I mentioned that earlier but I think I was slightly more I don't want to say I was more diplomatic but that's what I was saying for egos <laughs> right yeah. and I said oh there are cultural factors because yeah. what you described is true you look at the tools you think one firm in another region will trust other firms. Mm-hmm. And one firm in another region will say, well, there are loads of stuff coming into play. Mm-hmm. Loads of stuff. And I'll tell you one thing from personal example. We are launching Prognostoic. Well, I say launching. It's a soft launch. And we're kind of, you know, just reaching out um, to a few customers. And also, what we are real particular about now is people that come to us naturally. Yeah. Because ultimately, we are hoping that those are the sort of people that will get more. And one of the feedback we hear, and I heard this actually, it's interesting that you mentioned, we heard this on Friday, what that one customer said, oh, I don't trust things made by Nigerians. <laughs> and this is what a customer said. And in my mind, I said, well, what does she mean? You know, and I'm not trying to say I'm not a Nigerian. As you can hear me, we are all Nigerians. But the point that the person was trying to make was like, oh, yeah, we do things dodgy. And I'm trying to say, everything that, you know, the group of people that made it, it's like you trying to just say that nationality is what makes it not trust the product. Yeah. And now I'm not just talking about a startup. I'm just saying a customer. Uh, you know, and those are kind of the factors. We, we need to keep on talking about it. And that's why when I was talking initially that, oh, when foreign firms come, you know, it's just like this old saying, oh, Netflix. It's like people, <laughs> people that have not watched Iroko, you know, it's like, and these people have not paid a single penny to advertise. You yeah. Give them that mail stroke. People are just waiting for this stuff. 
you people are happy to log on to Netflix to watch the same Nollywood. <laughs> and in the same way, this, this startup, they would prefer if you've got something, say, I'm going to pay in Takamayo than pay for open apps, or even not pay for open apps, even to use um, open apps. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And we, we need to keep on, it's not like there's, this is saying there's a solution, but we need to keep on talking about it and bringing it to the table like, like, guys, these are part of the reasons that will limit us collaborating. But my own bit is when it comes, because and when I say when it comes, people, those startups and people need to think about it as well. Like we can look uh, from any industry in the West, right? Any you can look at almost everything, and that's why people like Facebook they keep on doing what they're doing. That's why Google is trying to do all these crazy things, become Alphabet. Look at Apple Music; they keep on releasing numbers. I know Happy Music, Apple Music is one of the you know, it's like the, one of the worst software products I've used. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah. My, my friend who has an Apple Music subscription, I know, just um, subscribed to Spotify about three days ago. Uh, like, yeah, fuck Apple Music. I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and we have to think that thousands of people, are, are, they've got thousands of developers. And it's if you think how shocking it is, that means three boys can be in some you know, mm-hmm. random garage, really, as they will always love garage, and make a better product. Yeah. And that is the whole thing. And it's not saying anything. It's like, same way we have Oracle, had IBM, and, you know, all these big firms. Things change. In the Nigerian ecosystem, we are just in first base. Mm-hmm. There's no one, no firm, not, not even one, no matter how much noise they make, it doesn't mean because people are not yet, even in the banks that have been there, loads of people are on bank. Loads of people are still keeping money at home, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, what startup would say, yeah, and they don't data. No, it's, there's nothing like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that. And unless people don't recognize that, and that's where there is that belief. Someone will say, oh, how did this person do it? And everybody, the person has not done it. I get you. Um. Okay, so I've I've listened to this a bit, and um, if we know that uh, people have trust issues, is it not possible for us to package our servicings and pricing in a way where we can circumvent these, um, where we can accommodate these cultural biases? So. Um, an example would be something I've been reading on um, Y Combinator over, uh, sorry, Hacker News over the last few weeks. And GitHub is under fire because of, a, yeah. I mean, like under, because of a couple of things. And one of the consistent um, competitors that keep showing up as a good alternative is something called GitLab. I've never even been to their page before but you know like from the way their ceo is responding on the hacker news threads and things like that and the things people are saying about gitlab um what gitlab is is basically um sorry for the oversimplification here but github but you can host your own version and they have enterprise um hosting but they also Mm. sell support so it's like git GitHub 
handles the hosting and support and you just pay them a monthly fee. But then mm. GitLab gives you the software. So like imagine if hypothetically Delivery Science had a POD server mm-hmm. and we give this to Conga and you pay us to, to do maintenance and support on it or when we release a new version to upgrade for you, you know, mm. or build custom features or something. But we have that. Do you get what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Not we, we have our own cultural quirks and yeah. wouldn't it be possible for us to package our solutions to consider these and still make money and collaboration and all that. Good stuff. I see where you, I see your example was very, I think it was really good because basically what you have, your example is saying is, well, you know, that would, if you, if you don't trust us to see the data, <laughs> you keep the server, we'll just maintain it for you. Like on your premises and do the security. So oh, yeah. dep- I don't know. I think it's, it's I think we need to skip on talking about Iran and just solve it because you know, I alluded in the beginning of uh, you know the, this program that about my challenge our, our challenges of onboarding. Should we make our onboarding sim? you know, simplified for the Nigerians. I know that we're, we're removing out like key elements or make it in such a way like we've left it whereby people in the UK would think, all right, these are the right things I need to put into my system from when I'm setting up my store. So if someone, if you take that analogy, if someone builds and say, right, these are the kind of things that Nigerians will find useful, I'm going to be able to tell it to them. I don't know if it's like it makes all sense and it's going to be useful to people more than Nigerians. Maybe it's all well and good, but if not, I don't know. I I, I generally think it's what is is a point worth exploring for me. But I wouldn't have thought that that should be. I don't know. It a, it's a good point. You can solve. <laughs> You can solve trust issues with technology. Yeah, with, it, it, with it, it, it depends on the problem. The it depends on the problem um, they are trying to solve anyway. I know, like for instance, open apps are supposed to, like it said, open so um, gather insights across board across all their clients and all of that, and be able to display um, this information on their own page. Like, so you wanting to start a website already know? Oh, okay. Most of the people in Nigeria anyway will be browsing using their BlackBerry phones. So you decide to work out and make sure your CSS works well towards that. So um, saying, oh, we are going to deploy an open app server for you guys, and you know we won't touch the data anymore. Eventually defeats the purpose of um, defeats the purpose of what open apps is supposed to eventually be for everyone else. Um, also, even the delivery science option. Um, Yes, um, fine. You want to put all of this in house for those for those people, and uh, uh, what's it called? So they get their own insights themselves and all of that. But it basically means your overall system cannot learn. You can't do a lot yes. of machine learning yes. and all of that, and learn across board and be able to provide yep. better insights for even help the developers improve the product, you know, yeah. and all of that. You can't do that anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that solution, while while it works for certain products, it doesn't work um, on the big picture. Yeah. yeah. Mm, um, debatable. Um, so, look, um, try and look at it this way. Um, what if the... You, it's, it's not that it can't report back, 
but it's an opt-in service. So the issue here is they do not trust us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's give them a version they can use and get some value out of. So they can they can look at their own traffic and do analysis. Mm-hmm. And they have their dashboard. I'm talking about the open house, for example. Um, so you have your own open house server that is doing it. And you open it, it does a cron- <laughs> Open apps, sorry. It, it does, it, it connect, collects data from your website, yeah. it runs like um, reporting and gives you analytics and whatnot. And then, you know, like maybe after three months of using it, you get a prompt or something that says, hey, there's, you know, like there's a wider world of data out there in the open, open apps network. Um, and you can opt in to submit yours and also receive this from all the other these things you know like you can have a graduated this and like okay i just want to opt in the devices that come to my site in the ratio not necessarily the exact numbers or i want to opt into um what sort of do you get what i mean and in that way i get what you mean so i mean if if we really what i'm trying to say is I'm, i'm not saying this is a valid solution i'm just saying that Maybe we haven't sat down to think enough about how we can package these things for our own. Because it seems like everybody's building some sort of SaaS. And it's like, wait, but we have connectivity issues in this country. Like, is this even probably the best route to go in the first place? And uh, you get what I mean? Like, maybe we haven't really thought from a technical or, or domain expertise issue that, hey, we can... Different way. To, to be honest, I agree in terms of even, it might not be um, building the product in a different way technically. It might just be, you know, how do you even market the product? How do you, how right. do you craft your marketing materials? How do you approach your pitch? How do you, you know, all those sort of things. Do, do you know it makes a difference to say to the guy, I, not like you said to him, I know you don't trust me, but maybe to say, oh, I won't have full access to your data unless you X, Y, Z, and those sort of things. And just reassure that element that, and again, it's just thinking through it. I think even that we're talking about it is part of it, and hopefully yeah. we kind of start looking at all those cultural, because some of these things, not even they'll be unsaid. You just know it that it's happening, or maybe you not even know. You just feel that it's happening. But how do you? What do you do? Right, right. Like um, to not to necessarily go back to Patrick McKenzie, but nobody really told him that we're not going to buy software from a white guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. eventually it clicked, and he took a different approach to doing it. But um. Wait, Tolu is Tolu still here? Like I haven't heard. Yeah, he is here. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think about this? Maybe let uh, let's get a third perspective: our cultural um, background versus how we present solutions to the market. She's lost like, for I, words. I, <laughs> I, I think it's genuinely a mix of things. I I guess that's why in some cases, like the kind of solutions you put out, you have to find a way to make them cater to the people you want it to be. So a lot of the time you have to pander 
and find a way to either massage egos or dumb down solutions or whatever it is you want to do at the end of the day. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's a one size fits all or one rule that applies to all solutions. I think in everybody's individual situation, you have to figure out which one works for you. Um, I mean, give an example with, say, Prognostore versus Crive. In Prognostore's case now, the thing is, how many people are, how many people understand what they're trying to sell and can use it? Who are the target customers they're going to reach? And how do they word everything that they're going to be building in the way that would apply or resonate with them? But also, how many people will even use Prognostore as opposed to, I don't know, any other, even the people that could Shopify. use Store? Would they use it if exactly if they had another option that was foreign? Um, and what causes them to do that? Like, why why do they choose somebody else who's in a different country or in a more developed country over somebody who they are supposed to be, would I say, supporting? And not just because they are part of their country, but because they're equally as capable. I, I'm not sure I have the answer to it or why it happens the no, way it does. That, think- that, that, that bit, I'll tell you for free. Um, yeah. Our approach is very simple. We are not going to appeal to someone, anyone's loyalty because, I mean, I, I'm not a loyal person myself. I always keep on saying this. Like, I just want the best for myself at every point in time. Um, but for us to make people choose us, we're going to give them the best experience and we're going to give them the best product. It's just very, very simple. So the way it kind of works, and this is one of the things we discuss like internally a lot, because we also use all this product. If Shopify is going to provide better value to a Nigerian customer, well, guess what? The Nigerian customer should use Shopify in the same way you should use Square and everything. And it might be better value in terms of, you know, it's cheaper, it's this, it's quicker, it's more reliable. If, you know, it doesn't crash and all, why wouldn't they use it? As long as we don't provide that value, then we 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 shouldn't expect. You know, this is not some Ben Murray Bruce Bandanja sort of thing, right? Um, <laughs> I always say that. And one of the things, uh, I'm not being, you know, just like some backstory. Like, my wife is Jamaican, right? Yo. And I say this. Happy Valentine's Day in advance, no, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You, you're going to make me forget what I was going to say. But anyways, the, my point why I made that is, if you think about it, let's this, this be very simplistic. It's not like there are no women in Nigeria and everything, but I chose the best person for me and maybe the only person I could convince, who knows. But my point is, it was, this was the best thing for me, you know. Uh, and this is the same way I want any customer. I'm not going to say, yeah, choose us because we're Nigerian. And we look at some of the things we're doing. Like, we're thinking of... Well, Shopify will not do payment for Nigeria immediately. You know, let's do that. We're thinking of stuff like, well, we are integrated into zero. Yes, Shopify is as well done doing that. But we're also thinking of local things. Like we're thinking of so many stuff. And we're doing those things and layering it up. And this is one of the things where I, I brought the old genesis of how much value can you give a customer because it comes down to that. And if a customer says, um, I mean, Victoria Island, and I look at all this stuff and I prefer to use Shopify, then good luck. 
But our honest, if we provide all that value, any rational thinking customer would want to use the software or system or product or service that they get more value from. And that's what we are aiming for. Wow, wow. This has been this has been a really, really deep episode. Like a lot a lot of info <laughs> from both ends. Like we definitely, definitely, definitely have to have you back, Papa Labode. And um, but we 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 need to let you go. We need to let everyone go. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow, and if we all still want to be happily in our relationships, we need to go and make plans. Um, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the tips on how to approach the Nigerian market and a very very inspiring conversation. And um, we really hope you'll come back on the show, even if it's yeah. just for. That that one strong fan on radar. I don't think you forgive us for for letting you go so easily. <laughs> not at all. It, it was it was my pleasure. I really. I mean, I'm not going to overhype you, but I really enjoyed. Um, you know, listening so, to your podcast. So apparently, uh, <laughs> it was as, as, listen to as, myself. As a, yeah, as a long time listener of the podcast, um, and um, eventually now being on the show um, himself. What do you think? What what do you say about it? I think, uh, honestly, I think it's great. I listen to lots of podcasts, um, but this is one of the ones that I genuinely look forward to just from the aspect that I think you guys touch on loads of relevant topics and the style is really good. And (laughs) crucially, you know, we mustn't forget that it all happened on radar. So I think that's another plus for radar as well. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Everything is all positive from that angle. So, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's... yeah. Yeah. So, my my one regret is that. What? What did you say? Now you see why our podcast went on for so long, right? <laughs> yeah. You, still, still <laughs> longer than twelve episodes. I guess I guess final notes is we should um we should probably get someone like Ozombo on the show. I think that would be like the definite <laughs> radar episode. I like the way you're saying I, I, that now. Uh, <laughs> um, I was actually thinking, um, um, you know, we have a lot of arguments on radar and all of that every once in a while. That's myself and you. And I was thinking, oh, yes, today will be the day for us to, like, you know, even set in straight and <laughs> actually argue our hearts out. Yeah, but... Um, I'm sure that will happen. Or uh, we'll save that for the next step for subsequent. See, episodes. I don't and think you're hanging a lot. Ah, no, like maybe not a lot. Yeah. Like I'm putting it in a dramatic way, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically we have um, a number of um, dis- discussions uh, yeah, where we are kind of definitely. like trying to see things from opposite sides, yeah, different yes. angles, and yeah, and all of that. So yeah, it will actually be nice. So I think we've had something like that as well today in some way, shape, or form, and um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree. Anytime, see you guys. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much, Papa. No problem. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. They know my story. For more dogs to do. I be on suit to walk. They do well, like my whole me For more dogs to do. We be in hustle to walk. Them they pray for blessing. Hey, you do 
they pray for blessing, for better living. Thank you. 